Hayes, Alexander, Shabbat for three, bang, oh! will get it for the win. What's going on guys? Welcome to Dime Dropper, episode 32 of our 24-minute recaps. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on all platforms at YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Remember to follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Dime Dropper Pod. So for today's episode number 32, we're going to talk about two games. Once again, I'm going to apologize to you Suns fans. I only got to watch the first half last night, so maybe I'll watch the second half tonight and then talk about it in the recap tomorrow, even though I believe the Suns are playing again. But because there was a game winner, I feel like I have to since we're covering the Suns. But let's talk about the Nets and uh, Nets Clipper game and then the Warriors Celtics game. So let's start with the Clippers and the Nets. It was a very anticipated matchup, and it it, it did live all it did live up to the hype. I will say, it started out with Kawhi Leonard going absolutely vintage in terms of taking over the game on both ends to start. He was going at anybody that guarded him, and the, the Nets made an adjustment today. I thought they were going to go with their normal starting lineup of DeAndre Jordan. They didn't. They went with the small ball lineup, similar to how we saw in Houston with Mike D'Antoni's Rockets. Jeff Green, Joe Harris, and then the big three. And so they could switch everything. And in the beginning, it wasn't working because we were getting Kyrie switched on to, onto Kawhi, and he was going to work. And we went up 18-6. to Paul George is getting to the basket. Reggie Jackson was hitting open threes. Batum was hitting open threes, which was making their job hard. It was like you had to give something up at that point if you're Brooklyn. However, the Nets responded pretty well. And that was led by Kyrie Irving, in my opinion. He, you know, we really miss Patrick Beverly tonight. Reggie Jackson, he's been better of late, but he's still not a very good defender. And nobody can guard Kyrie Irving. And when he's on like that, especially not. But Reggie Jackson... You know, he struggled getting over screens, guarding a one-on-one, you name it, in terms of offense. He couldn't. Kyrie was getting what he wanted. He started growing into the game, coming off screens, doing his thing. Um, and then we got to our bench, right? And Zoo in the beginning was getting really torched in pick and roll. I thought that James Harden did another really good job of just playing a very, you know, make the right basketball play kind of game. Just taking what the defense gives him. And a lot of times, D or Zoo was dropping and coming up a little far, just anticipating Harden's drive over the screen. And he's not really the most athletic guy that can that gets uh, shows on the screener. I'm sorry, shows on the ball handler and then can recover to the, to the roll man in the air like a DeAndre Jordan and protect a lob. That's like an Anthony Davis, Bam Adebayo. Even sometimes Serge Ibaka, they have the length and athleticism to make plays like that. Zoo, on the other hand, he needs to really get it right in terms of when he comes and helps because a lot of times tonight he came and helped a little bit early, which left DeAndre Jordan able to go behind him and get a lob, a couple lobs. He had seven points on three or four from the field, a lot of those in situations like that. And I thought offensively he wasn't much better for whatever reason this season. I don't know if it's a confidence thing. Zoo's hands have just become ridiculous. Like he, he fumbles the ball so much. It's really weird. And then Lou Williams comes in and just same old, same old. Ty Lue was actually staggering today. 
and we he just you know Paul George is just gonna sit in the corner while Lou Williams just runs the whole offense. Like how many times are we gonna get go over this? Like Lou Williams, it's his time is up. His time is up, and if he's gonna do that, he needs to chill. You know the thing about Lou is I've started to notice he only wants to make the assist pass too. He wants to run pick and roll every single time down the court and make a play. Why don't you just move the ball and go play off the ball? Because it's just not happening anymore, bruh. It's not happening anymore. Paul George can't be there just sitting around. And then Kennard came in. And he shot two threes. He missed them both, but that's fine. I don't mind him shooting the threes. But then he never checked back in for the rest of the game. Like, I, I like, I mean, once again, I've been very, very happy with Ty Lu, But I didn't like the fact that Luke Kennard seems to be getting his minutes compromised in favor of Lou Williams. I really believe that when Lou was out, I don't remember how many games he was out, but Kennard did a really good job in that second unit, running this, you know, doing the same things Lou did, and he was less come and run pick and roll every single time. So in that lineup, the Nets started getting back in it. You know, KD was getting his buckets, and Paul George, when he started to try and go one-on-one, Bruce Brown, who we've talked about on this show, one of the best defenders on the Nets, maybe the best, was doing a really good job on PG, towards that second, you know, in the middle of that second quarter, which helped get the Nets back in the game. And Joe Harris, Jeff Green were knocking down their open shots, as you'd expect. Joe Joe Harris is just a great shooter, three-point champion in 2018, or 2019, I believe. And they've done a good job with him. But yeah, I was getting really annoyed with basically Zoo and and Lou. Morris, though, Mook, he came in, gave us a nice lift. We actually went back up by 11, 56-45 towards the end of that second quarter, and then Kawhi missed a couple of shots, some solid defense by the Nets, and we just started going cold as they cut it down to one at the half, but I also have to say they switched, right, and we went to the mismatch, which is Ibaka being guarded by Harden or smaller guys, and once again, it goes back to, is the NBA getting better and better? I like Serge, but his finishing around the basket is extremely suspect. You know, he has games where he just doesn't make layups. And he, that goes back to big men not being as good of finishers as in the past. You know, he can't take, I know James Harden is a very good post defender. That's the one thing he's good at in terms of defense. He's good in the post because he's strong as shit. But Serge Ibaka not being able to score on James Harden was a big problem because we were feeding that mismatch with the bigger guy. And because Serge doesn't really have a post game like that and was just having an off night with basically everything, especially those chippies though, then that mismatch didn't really do anything. So we only played Surge 21 minutes and Zoo 16. We tried to match their small ball lineup to try and switch a lot. The thing is, though, is that they have three guys that are able to go one-on-one and get whatever they want, and they were having better nights than... I mean, Kawhi had a really solid night. I will give Kevin Durant credit, though. In that third quarter, he really was doing a good job, and KD's an underrated defender, but... It was really, yeah, the Nets started getting going, especially Kyrie coming off screens, giving us the business. And I also think that there were times, even though I think Marcus Morris played some good defense today, there were times, though, at the rim where I thought we could have offered a more resistance, maybe make a play on the ball, or at least foul. Like, don't just let Kyrie waltz in with his crazy layup package. Uh, Paul George, by the way, in that third quarter, a lot of, you know, contact under the basket. I was happy to see him get to the, get to the bucket. He wasn't getting anything. I know he made that comment after the game about how he only got a free throw. I don't like the excuses though. Once again, that's very out of the LeBron playbook. I don't like that. Or should I say both of their playbooks? I feel where Paul George is coming from, but to just say like, it's disrespectful and not talk. I I know Paul George didn't have that bad of a game. 
because he still recovered after those missed calls, started hitting some jumpers, and then in the fourth quarter made a big three to cut the game down to like a one-point game. But I don't like that. You know, talk about what we did wrong as a team before you blame other uh, the refs and excuses. Because here's the thing. If the Nets had gotten extremely generous calls, because outside of like Harden once or twice ref baiting, he also got called for offensive fouls. I didn't think the refs were that inconsistent tonight, actually. So I don't think that we're in a position to really complain. Paul George needs to go up a little stronger, needs to, you know, not look to go to get fouls, look to just be strong and get a basket. And, you know, you got to give Jeff Green and KD and some of those Nets guys good, uh, you got to give them credit for showing good resistance around the basket. But Paul George needs to go up stronger because in the playoffs, that level of physicality is going to be ramped up a bit and the refs are not going to call as many fouls. And you're going to go up against better teams like that that you're not going to get bailed out, so especially on the road, and especially if we have more fans coming back to the stadiums. So Paul George needs to go up strong. He needs to be a little better in terms of that. I thought, yes, we got a little bit of a shaft. I thought that, you know, the refs were being a little harsh on us, but you know what? That's just part of the game. Until it happens in the playoffs in the second round when we're against momentum like it always does, I won't complain about the officials. So, by the way, I'm seeing the numbers in the stream ridiculously uh, – High, well, not ridiculously high, but ex- higher than before for obvious reasons. You suckers, I hate you. Anyway, um, so then we go to the fourth quarter because Nick Batum saved us from potentially going down double digits with some huge threes. I thought Batum was okay on defense. Like, he's a good defender in terms of communication, his length, getting over screens, all that. But he can't guard these elite players one-on-one. I mean, who can guard KD and Kyrie Irving one-on-one? Who can guard James Harden one-on-one? when he's not being his own worst enemy and settling for bad shots. You know, Nick Batum also, this was his first game back from the injury. So I thought he was good. He, he, he made his threes. He was able to keep us in the game going into the fourth quarter. We were only down by one going into the fourth. Or I think we were up by two or so, up by a point, if I'm not mistaken. Up by two points, actually. But um, that fourth quarter... The best fourth quarter player in the league besides LeBron. I said LeBron's been the best so far this season last night. But Kyrie Irving, you know, he has just been in fourth quarters this season very good. And he took over the game in many ways again. There was just not much we could do. KD's getting in on the act. I thought our defense was solid, honestly, for portions of the game. I thought it was eh for certain portions of the game as well, too. But honestly, I really think that the Nets beat us more than we lost. And here's the thing. We need to be ready for that switch-everything strategy with teams because when teams switch, that prevents the going-over-screens, downhill driving kicks that cause for our ball movement. You know what I'm saying? So when they switch, that causes Kawhi and Paul George. But I want the ball in Kawhi and Paul George's hands, for first and foremost. But going one-on-one, and if a guy's playing good defense, well then that's on Kawhi and Paul George to score in isolation or to just keep moving the ball, I guess, to keep moving the ball after the, to, after the switch. So maybe something we got to look look forward to doing in the future. But I did like the fact that even though it seemed like they were just making everything at once, the Nets, and I think this was their best game since the trade, and I've watched every single game since the trade, so I have G14 classification, as Shaq would say, to make the claim on the Nets. But I think that you got to give Bruce Brown some credit tonight, man. He played 16 minutes, was plus four, and he didn't even score a point, but he had some good stretches. Overall, though, it was the starters, the, the the big three that got the job done. You got to give them some props. They played better defense with the switching strategy. You got to give Coach Nash credit for that. But I think ultimately the Clippers. I just think Lou Williams, twenty minutes, uh, canard four. I don't like that. Lou Williams was four points, two of seven, minus four. Just don't like it. Marcus Morris, six of 10, 16 points. I did like his performance. Paul George finished eleven of twenty four, three of seven. So really not as bad as 
it seemed like. 26 points in the end. Could he have been a little better? Yes. Reggie Jackson, this was his first bad game in a while. I think overall, I mean, he started out well, but he was 3-9, and nine, and he was kind of getting lit up on defense, but you can't really blame him against Kyrie. Batum, 7 of 10, 21 points, 6 boards. I liked his performance. Kawhi was fantastic, but I do think that I'm starting to worry a little bit, guys, Clipper fans. Kawhi hasn't shown me that he's that great of a closer. I know we saw the Raptors run, but with the Clippers in particular, besides a couple of games like early last season and game six, I'd say, against Dallas in the playoffs, he hasn't really shown me that he can like close games very well. Sometimes he seems like he gets fatigued and like when a good defender's on him, like a Wiggins or Tatum as we saw in Boston last year or Jeremy Grant, you know, forces him to stop driving. I understand that the refs are calling the game kind of tight, but I am a little bit nervous about the fact that when they teams go with good, really solid, long on-ball defenders that can guard Kawhi and PG better than most guys, and they have a switch-everything kind of strategy where we don't get the downhill driving kicks, then it's a little concerning. I've been a little concerned about Kawhi. We saw this against Golden State, too. And, you know, I just know in, play, in the playoffs... I'm not relying on Paul George to bail us out in close games. I'm not relying on him to make the big play to take us over the hump. I'm going to be relying on Kawhi. So I'm not saying he's not a closer. I'm just saying he needs to show, he needs to show us that he's going to do this again like he did in Toronto. In Toronto, he was a closer. I'm just saying that I haven't seen it too much with the Clippers after the first couple games, and that concerns me a little bit. But all we can do is move on to the next game. I think if, if, you, if you're going to lose... That's the way you're going to lose. You're going to keep fighting until the end. We only lost by four points, 124 to 120. Kawhi still had a very good game, though. Let's not, let's not make mistakes about it. 33 points, five boards, five assists, four steals, two blocks. He was plus seven. It was really when he went to the bench that we struggled. You know, I'm not putting the loss on Kawhi at all. I really am not. And I'm not really putting it much on PG either. I think the Nets really just won the game for the most part. But we'll see. We'll come back next game. We have Cleveland tomorrow, so we need to bounce back in that. I'm curious to see if Kawhi plays with the back-to-back. Anyway, let's go to the Celtics and the Warriors. So the Celtics were in need of this one. We talked about how they, you know, have been struggling lately. They went with the Tristan Thompson-Tice two-big lineup again tonight. No Wiseman for the Warriors. And I think it struggled to start. I think that Steph Curry, the Celtics, were not paying enough attention to him. Coming off of screens, he was getting open shots. He was getting downhill. Kelly Oubre started out really well. Mid-range, continuing his good shooting at the Chase Center hitting threes as well, and the Celtics were very stagnant. You know, a lot of Kemba, Jalen, Tatum, but the Warriors started Juan Toscano-Anderson, who had really good energy on defense. He was getting out and running. He was hitting open threes, and more importantly, that gives the Warriors the ability to switch everything. And, um, yeah, that gives them the ability to switch everything and make life tough for the Celtics and cause very stagnant offense. So... That's what I think they were getting suckered into in the beginning, especially with the lack of spacing with Thompson and Tice. However, Thompson's finishing was really solid around the basket tonight, and that carried over as the game continued. The Celtics got back in in the second quarter. They did a much better job defensively and started to force the Warriors to give it to guys not named Stephen Curry. That means Draymond Green, who couldn't buy one today. And that's the thing about Draymond. He had a really solid game other than scoring, 11 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 blocks, 2 steals, but he also had 5 turnovers. He ended up being a plus 7, so he still won the minutes when he was in. However, 2 points one of seven is not going to get it done he had a lot of makeable shots and that's the thing about Draymond when they play against good teams the Warriors you see these flaws come out and Andrew Wiggins I thought the Celtics did a really solid job of containing him you got to credit Jalen Brown I thought Grant Williams played today and he got you know he didn't play against the Lakers at all and he actually showed some good stuff in the second quarter I thought that the 
Celtics started growing into it a little more. Kemba Walker especially was looking a little better. His shooting night didn't look too good, but trust me, if you watch this game, Kemba did play well. He made big shots when they were needed. He's still struggling to find his shot, but he was looking more so like the Kemba Walker that we know. 19 points, 6 of 18 from the field, 3 of 9. But in the second, I thought Jeff Teague actually wasn't horrible either. 9 points, 3 of 6, 1 of 2 from 3. You just If you can shoot 50%, you'll, you'll take that as a C's fan. Grant Williams didn't miss. 15 points on 4 of 4 from the field and 3 of 3 from 3. So that was really good, keeping the defense honest. But second half is really where... Because there was a tie game at the half. Second half, fourth quarter in particular, was the turning point for the C's. And I think it was coming from Kemba hit a big 3. You know, we saw a little more zone for the Celtics. I saw them go zone. You know, just once again, make sure that Steph Curry did not get the ball as much. He still finished with 38 points, crazy enough. 12 of 21, 7 of 15 from 3, 7 of 7 from the line. But overall, the Celtic defense really ramped up in the fourth quarter. They only allowed 22 points. The Warriors went really cold. Juan Toscano Anderson was hitting threes in that second quarter, but ultimately they could not get the scoring that was needed with Andrew Wiggins only having 15 points. Kelly Oubre didn't really score much in the second in the second half. So Curry can't just do that, especially when Pascal only has five points. Wiseman's not playing. And then Jalen Brown, monster dunk and an and one at the end. The Celtics Pulled away slowly but surely. you got to give Tristan Thompson credit tonight. I thought he was really solid. 13 points, 8 rebounds, and finishing at the basket. And Daniel Tice was no slouch either. Tatum with his three balls. Contested three balls. Step backs right in his, you know, in rhythm. Smooth. JT was my player of the game tonight. 27 points, a plus 13. He was 9-19. 4 of 10 from 3. And I honestly didn't have much problem with his shot selection tonight. Because most of those threes were just in rhythm. Looked pretty good. And he didn't get too dumb with it. Especially just in the first quarter, Celtics were a little shaky. But that's a huge win. Huge win. They had lost five of the last seven games. They're going to Sacramento tomorrow. It's a back-to-back. The Kings just got a good win in New Orleans last night. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. The Celtics got the Clippers after that. So they they should probably take advantage of this Northern California uh, road games here and get the job done against these two teams because the Clippers will not be easy. Hopefully we win against the Cavs tomorrow. Clipper Nation, let me know what you think of the loss. I really don't think it's a big deal. Could we have done better? Yes. I think the big men really lost the game for us, though. Zoo became unplayable with his defense and his bad hands. Serge Ibaka became unplayable for not being able to take advantage of mismatches and finishing around the basket. So, that's it for me tonight, guys. Thanks so much. Now we will go to the YouTube chat, the live subscribers. Super Chats are turned on. Peace. Ending a little bit early at 18 minutes.